Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to the show. It is a pleasure to be with you, and thank you for being with me today. Oh, I was just on Facebook, and you know, it's just one of those weeks where I'm trying to play a little catch up. I really want to enjoy the next couple of weeks off of the holiday season. But there just always seems to be more obligations than there is time and energy, especially if uh, one gets sick in this time of the the holidays, which happens so often. So there's been a lot of stuff rolling around in my head, and then I saw this on Facebook today, and it was the cutest thing. This little teeny kid, I believe this is a South African. I have a daughter-in-law-to-be that is from South Africa. So I think... You know how it is when you've got friends and and uh, or connections, and Facebook knows that and start you know it starts it sort of knows all of your little idiosyncrasies. A little frightening, a little frightening um, at times, but at the same token, you see the coolest stuff, and it usually is it relates to you or someone in your life, which is again kind of neat. But I get, but you know what? I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there about the Big Brother watching you. Who knows? Google could be spying on me right now. Right? Is that my Google? Yeah. Hey, hey, Google. Yeah. Yeah, could be spying on me right now. But you know what? We're going to move on from that. <laughs> and this little kid, uh, this little boy is walking to school and he's starting his morning affirmations. Now, I'm not sure you can hear that. I will check it when I'm doing my editing. But this little guy is going to school and he's like, I am smart. I am blessed. I can do anything. And he says this over and over again. Folks, law of attraction is a very, very real thing. The universe, God is there to grant your wishes. It just, he just needs you to open up and ask for what you want. It is so important to ask for what you want. And to watch your verbiage. So we talk about good habits and not living in regret. You think this might be a good habit to realize or instill in a small child that sort of affirmation? I'm like, heck yeah. Yes, it is. And it is so easy to begin these things young. We were at uh, our granddaughter's uh, Christmas concert last Wednesday. We we spent, I think I mentioned last week's podcast that I, we had taken her to the Polar Express up here in Squamish, British Columbia. And it was really a neat experience. I mean, the train ride is no big deal. So if anyone's listening to this and you're you're wondering, yeah, the train ride's no big deal. It's everything else that they have that brings value to these tickets. Now, don't get me wrong. I am about the magic. So when our granddaughter's with us, we were kind of known as the adventure grandparents. Uh, she's been given a choice since she was five or even younger. Uh, that she can have a present or an adventure. And like when I say adventure, these are usually things that cost a little bit more money than just a regular outing. And unfortunately, usually have to happen before actually Chris, quote unquote Christmas Day, like Disney on Ice. We did that for years. So this year, we were unable to go to something called Glow. I'm going to try again next year. 
but we ended up going to the Polar Express. It worked within our visitation window. And I'm a, like I say, I'm about the magic. So you know what? My granddaughter, when she's with me, is about the magic. And she's only nine. So of course, unless some child has been so jaded, most children are still about the magic. So the train ride still was awesome for her. They had actors in character from the Polar Express on the train. You know, you've got your hot chocolate in a take-home beautiful um, mug, a ceramic mug, and your cookie, and there was a bit of a sing-along. It all was done and done within an hour. But when you came back, quote-unquote, to the North Pole, uh, then all this adventure stuff was there. And one of the things my little granddaughter has that... It's just, I swear, this is where you talk about genetics being in our DNA. She's a tad obsessive compulsive. Can't imagine where she gets that from. Her dad, me, <laughs> just saying. And every now and then, you know, there's some new habit that we're, she's trying to break because she's picked up some new OCD behavior. And her new one is stretching her mouth and face out like it's almost like a big kind of like a yawn thing she goes like this and she's doing it while she's talking to people and it's, she's conscious enough of, of, of it probably because someone has said something to her to say it's a habit grandma I says well we have to break the habit and she's looking at me I can't yeah you can you got to teach him young just like this little kid doing the affirmations um, whether he was taught that or not it's a relevant spectacular high functioning habit but I just told her, I says, no, sweetheart, habits are something everybody has. And you can have good habits and bad habits. So you have to choose. It's one of the first things I say in my ebook. Everyone has them. So you might as well have good ones. And you might as well learn young how to break a bad habit. I said, so let's, let's find a way that's going to work for you. The one that seemed to be the makes the most sense. And by the third time she had done it, she had caught on was I said, pinch your fingers together, your, your, your um, pointer and your thumb, and stick your nail into your thumb, the bed of your thumb, into the meat of your thumb. So kind of like pinch your fingers together, but kind of poke your nail into your thumb. As soon as you feel it coming on, do that. Because it's a sensory redirection. And sure enough, at the time we left her that day, she was already doing it immediately and didn't finish the yawn or the mouth stretch, whatever you want to call it. Uh, a couple of years ago, when she was only about seven, she got in that terrible habit that a lot of kids do of, you know, sucking on her lips. So she was always had a rash all around her lips. And, uh, you know, our grandkids look at us, you know, practically like we're perfect. And I'm like, sweetheart, when I was little, I bit my nails. And she, because I'd like to keep my nails nice. And she looked at me and I'm like, yes, grandma bit her nails for years and had to break that habit. So she also needed to hear that, you know, I'm not perfect and I've overcome my own things. So she can relate to that. Don't be afraid of being a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it was right there. When you put yourself out, vulnerable, when you put yourself out there. Because if you are trying to relate to someone else, but especially a child, there are appropriate age brackets to share certain things in your life. But if it's appropriate, make yourself real to them and approachable. Let them understand that they are not alone and that you too have faced your own demons and your own habits and your own issues. And it will change things drastically. I, I promise you it really, truly will. I saw this and it was just like, oh, that's it. I can't not podcast because we're coming into the Christmas season. And creating good habits and not living in regret, I find them, the reason I talk about them so much and they are so much of my brand is I, I find they go together. Bad habits often lead to regret. 
It just ha- just because when you've got bad habits and you're not be- able to control them or control yourself, when you don't have self-discipline, you're going to later on regret behaviors and attitudes and sometimes the things you think and do. Uh, it just kind of goes hand in hand. So it really behooves you to make sure that you're aware of your habits and make sure that you are promoting good habits in your life because they will see you through. So a couple of things just about... Um, uh, rethinking how we speak to ourselves. And it's funny because there's been a few of this, few of these things coming up in my life this past week. A few months ago, I, I did this great course and uh, Colin was talking about how we speak in our minds and how we get sometimes stuck in this negative loop. And I got to say, as, as much as far as I've come on a lot of topics in my life, especially around my family, um, Every now and then, I, that gerbil wheel starts and I and he goes, I need you to just raise your hand and go and put your little fingers together and go like your duck. Cancel, cancel, cancel. And it's funny, do you know what? Even when I might be just lying in bed or doing my meditation, I can still mentally cancel, cancel, cancel. You have to stop it in its tracks. Just like teaching my granddaughter to, as soon as she feels that facial movement come on, pinch your fingers together. It immediately has redirected her. Uh, showing gratitude, writing in a gratitude journal every day. That definitely started bringing in a habit at nighttime that cleared my mind of clutter and allowed me to go to bed with those things on my mind and not all the negative stuff of what's going on with the world. Do not watch the news before bed, people. Uh, Watch positive things. You want your subconscious to be looking for your power and the power out in the universe when you're sleeping, not running on a gerber wheel of negativity, woe is me, victim mentality, all that kind of stuff. We don't want to be there. This does not happen overnight. It is a process. So just like the cancel, 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 you know, showing my granddaughter how to redirect. uh, There are, I could do an entire series. I could write an entire book. And I know that I've got a lot of things outlined in one of the chapters of my new book on how to put good habits into place. These types of triggers that you can help yourself along with. It's no different than, for instance, getting a new vitamin and and making sure it's sitting by the sink wherever you take your water first thing in the morning. Or if it needs to be with food, place it where you're going to see it. Now, I know that the neat freaks out there don't want stuff all over their counters, but you must work with your own personality to create the best habits you can have. And habits can take up to six weeks. Then they are second nature. So that's what I say. Willpower will only get you so far and then you better have a plan. And these types of things, positive affirmations, canceling out negative thoughts and showing gratitude are very powerful tools, very powerful tools in living a day-to-day fulfilled, focused life without regret. Now we're coming into the holiday season. This is a really tough time for so many people. For me, It is a absolutely joyous season for me. My family growing up as, you know, as much as everyone has dysfunction and there are issues, my father uh, and mom made sure that Christmas was the most amazing and magical thing ever. Uh, Even when we didn't have a lot and as my father's business, you know, grew and, and we were, had a little more money in affluence, Christmas grew exponentially as well. So yes, I completely admit that I was spoiled rotten. Spoil rotten. So I have to laugh a little bit at couples, for instance, that don't exchange gifts. And because for me, that would be devastating. I'm not going to lie. I think I might have even spoken on this once before. My husband spoils me. 
And uh, although his sister is retiring as a flight attendant in the next two months, where he has done most of his Christmas shopping for me out of her her closet, quote-unquote, from her travels for the past 20 years, whew, I don't know what's going to happen to him, but I have faith. Because it's, you know what, he is the most unromantic man 363 days a year. 6-2, because actually he never forgets getting me, even if it's just not expensive flowers on, on Valentine's Day. There is always a gift for my birthday. And Christmas is insane actually even when he's not spending it's not about spending huge amounts of money it's just because his sister gets some really good deals he just he's just a crazy man i was so excited the other day i i put some time aside on saturday morning and wrapped the presents for the kids when i say kids i've got great nephews and nieces and, and godchildren i got little ones around and stuff and a couple things for keith we don't i do not i hate shopping so I will do for you, I will cook for you, I will have a party. Please don't ask me to be the gift exchanger extraordinaire that makes your birthday, Christmas, and every other major minor event in your life worthwhile because I will fail epically as your friend. I am so sad. Uh, I try, but I'm also one of those people that if I see something for no apparent reason and someone comes to mind, I will just buy it. Or if I have something, I'll just give it to them. People that have known me for a long time accept this about me, so they're never really keeping score, but they all know that it's just not how I roll. I hate shopping. So, I was so excited that I got all this stuff done, and I was wrapping, and I walked over to the tree and went, oh, that little guy, I was going to call him something else, my husband had already put stuff all under the tree. I don't even know when he did it. I swear to God, he, he does this stuff at work and then sneaks at home. So here I thought I was all over it, and he was way ahead of me. So I am very blessed that way, but be very clear, I am very conscious of it and I give a huge gratitude for it. And you know, gift giving is not even my love language, touch is my love language. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up the love language book. It's, it's an amazing insight, especially if you're having trouble relating to someone personal in your life in a marriage or with a child or someone close in your family or a friend, find out what their love language is because if you're not speaking their language, they're not fully understanding they, what you're trying to say to them. They're really not. My granddaughter's love language is quality time. We discovered this by the time she was three. I've talked about it many times. Therefore, we are the adventure grandparents because we feed right into her need to spend time doing stuff with her. That's all she cares about. And she has so many other grandmothers at shop, so <laughs> I'm off the hook. Well, same deal. I love, I'm not the best, gift, best gift, gift giver, I'm just not. But I do love getting gifts. It's not my love language, but I still love it. It's like someone, maybe that's why I love it so much, because I am so bad at it. I look at anything, even, I had a boyfriend once when I was younger that we were so broke, he used to bring me an L magazine and he'd roll it up and put a little piece of ribbon on it and then bring it to me. And that was his $3. And I loved it. I just thought it was so thoughtful. I appreciate other people when it comes to gifts because I love getting them. I get so excited. And that someone went to the time and effort to do that for me. So I'm always incredibly grateful and I'm always awed that someone actually has that gift. So th that is someone else's gift and I just do my best to appreciate it. Friends taught me years ago to just say thank you. Do not take someone else's joy away from them by minimizing or not showing gratitude for something they've done for you. Whether it be a gift or even an act of service, it is 
there are people out there now i granted i know there's martyrs out there and and some of those types of people like say for instance that had the sacred gift of service i hid behind that gift for a long time at parties and stuff i would just go do dishes and stuff so i stayed out of the, out of didn't have to visit with everybody i was weird when i was younger <laughs> most of us are weird when we're younger all of these these things that we don't understand our subconscious behavior but when you when you can understand yourself and the world around you that's all your job is in this world is just to become then it makes life a whole lot easier and you understand why you're doing what you're doing so yes there are those types of personality traits and stuff that do a lot of that stuff from martyrdom and that can be so negative but there are people as well that just get incredible joy out of it and they just see something that needs to get done and they get it done. Show gratitude for that. And if you are that person, do it with joy, expecting to get nothing back. Know yourself. But understanding that other people, you are taking away their joy by not showing gratitude on stuff like that. So this started out a little bit with this little kid doing his affirmations and I kind of got off on a bit of a tangent like I tend to do. But like I say, we're coming into the holiday season and I really wanted just to, to touch on a few, a few things along these lines. If Christmas is a tough time for you, and this really isn't the podcast to go seriously into, you know, coping mechanisms and stuff like that, there are, there is light out there. There is hope. There is joy. You need to plug yourself into it somehow. You need to make a choice and go find what you need. That's really all I'm going to touch on that right now because that is a subject really, that really steps into a lot of psychology and things like that. And I'm probably not the best person to, to deal with all of that. I am not the professional. I just know from experience that when you are helping others, giving to others, showing appreciation, finding joy in things, it will make things easier for you as a human being and more joyful for you as a human being. And you will find that yourself with, you know, better habits and less regret in your life. So if Christmas is for you like me, where it's a beautiful time, but it's just it's insanely busy please make sure that you are stepping back and you are putting the rocks in your bowl first my girlfriend used this expression brilliantly the other day because we were we're both feeling very overwhelmed with commitments and things that we know that once we get off our plates we can turn a corner but there's things we've committed to that we need to to honor our word on so we're those people that although christmas is joyous for us it is so busy it can be very very stressful now, her and I were discussing some work stuff. And we were talking about putting the boulder, you know, the, the, the large rocks in, in, the, in the bowl first. Make sure you're doing the same. Really take a look at, and hopefully I will remember, I want to come back to the schedule, to my schedule. Hopefully, by focusing on the bigger things, what's really important for you, make sure those things are in your schedule and on your list or in your bowl first. And make sure you are not bringing in unimportant peripheral things onto your plate at a time that they don't need to be there. And that leads me exactly into what I actually wanted to podcast about yesterday uh, before I saw this cute little thing on Facebook. And that is your schedule because I have been letting my life get very overwhelmed. I've talked about it many times this past year. I am in a real transition in my professional life and wearing both hats of both businesses, Genesis and Living Well with Shell uh, has really been causing some, some strain and drain on me physically and mentally and emotionally. That being said, I sat down 
and got in my ionic foot bath this morning and went through my calendar. And that's what I started to do. I realized that I was trying to put way too many bookkeeping clients in a two-week period before the 15th of the month, because that's a deadline for commodity taxes. In Canada, the United States, and, and uh, probably a lot of other countries, you know, there's things are due from the prior month. They're usually due 15 to 30 days into the next month. I realized that there are some clients that they've, they're doing what they need to do for me just to go into their books, pay, pay a, a, a tax bill, and walk out and do their books the following week. And I really had to take a look at that and say, you know what? I'm going crazy with all these deadlines. It's one of the things I absolutely hate about my current overload of, of bookkeeping clients is I hate being tied down to everybody else's deadlines on too many businesses. And I'm resenting it. It's a huge resentment factor for me right now. And, and resentment causes regret. I can tell you that right out of the gate. And I don't want to live there. So I really took a good look at my calendar today. Now, if you have trouble prioritizing, or like me as well, memory, I have memory limitations with my fibro. I accept it. I try not to buy into it too much, but too many mistakes have been made in the last few years. I'm not an idiot. I put things in my calendar. You write things down. Don't always consider that because you think something's a weakness, that finding a solution to overcome it is a weakness or a crutch. It's not. Find a coping mechanism. Move on. You will grow exponentially faster. So I got the calendar out and I happen to live on my iPad. Everyone's different. I am also that person that took years to get over a paper day timer. Okay. Oh my goodness. I fought it for forever. But I've had my iPad for years Everything is synced with the cloud now, phones, you know, computers. I live on my iPad. My phone is actually a phone. I use it to actually phone people, occasionally text. Very little else happens on my actual phone. I live on my iPad. And that calendar, I have it in, I have three different calendars. They're in different colors. So color code them and learn to use them. So one of the things that was driving me crazy was I had all these multiples on multiple platforms and a couple, well, maybe a year and a half ago, my son was like, mom, enough already. He's an IT geek. He's like, enough. Like, you've got to get streamlined. So he loaded everything into the cloud for me. And now I'm very well behaved. <laughs> I can be taught. So, excuse me. So can you. So he taught me how to do this. I went in, deleted the duplicate um, calendars and have it narrowed down. So there's my work calendar, everything's in blue. There is my personal life, everything's in green. And there actually is four col colors. The brown that's home crap that is like, it just kind of needs to be in there, but it's really nothing exciting and it's not work. And then I have a yellow one that is linked to my husband's and my son's calendars so that we know as a family what's going on and what obligations that we might have to, uh, to deal with as a family or if I need to put something in the calendar my husband needs to see or my son does the same. This has been a spectacular tool, but I had to learn to use it. I literally had to take an hour one day, clean up my devices, and learn to use the calendar. Now, I don't care what calendar you're using or what software. This It isn't about the interface. It is about the habit and why you are creating it. That way, at a week, I can see my, my world. Now, we don't want to be so tied into our schedule that everything is, you know, do, 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 black and white. But for me, being OCD and the fact that I need structure, I am a person that has to have a plan. That plan can change, can really change a hundred times. That does not stress me out. It's a weird thing about my personality, but I have to have a plan. So I need things written down. I like to know what's coming up during the week. 
I can never rely on my memory for stuff like this now. Lists are made, calendars are updated. That's just, these are just my, the parameters I work within right now. Figure out your own, okay? This is about making it personal to you. For me, this calendar thing works so amazing for me. And it has really, truly simplified my life in some aspects. So what did I do? I went out literally eight months until the end of summer 2020. Because there are certain things that are static in my calendar. Certain clients that are on retainer that I won't be giving up. There's some clients leaving in January and February finally that I'm closing down. They're hiring their own bookkeepers in the areas they live in. I have got a lot of content work to get working on with um, Living Well with Shell. I have coaching clients that need to be fit into this schedule now, not just all finance clients. So I really wanted to take a look to see for my peace of mind what it was starting to look like. And let me tell you, it was like taking 20 pounds off my shoulders. It was like, oh, this is very doable, very doable. And the reason I went forward eight months is when you're self-employed, long weekends and stats totally screw with your life because it's always some Friday or Monday that you're off. And whatever you've got always planned on a Friday or a Monday is always either being missed or having to shuffle into other days. Problem with being self-employed. And the problem with being in Canada is we have 11 stats. Do we actually have 12? No, we have 10 or 11 of them. So every month there is something just about plus vacation time. And plus the way my husband likes to take vacations where he's always sneaking a day before or after sometimes or we do it kind of offset in the weeks so we're not traveling on the road with all the other crazies on a long weekend, just stuff like this. Well, that has got to align with still the clients I have with tax deadlines and my requirements and commitments. So for me, seeing that laid out for a number of months right into this year, not only am I feeling more organized, but I have to say when I went at the calendar with an attitude of what is truly important it simplified things greatly. I have this small bookkeeping client I do remotely and I'm always trying to fit them in before the 15th of the month because their payroll taxes are due. And I realized I was being a complete idiot because he does his own payroll. I don't run it for him. So it's always ready to go. I can reconcile his banks and everything before the end of the month, before his GST is due. I don't have to have a 15th deadline for him particularly. But I wasn't accepting that. I hadn't opened my mind to it. It just, he's, he's just, he's a client with, you know, anyone with PST or payroll, any of the commodity taxes, they have deadlines. And I, I lump everybody into that 15th. So I stress myself out to no, to, to the nth degree. The other thing was I needed to back up and deal with the rocks. And my rock is finance work only happens Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. If I cannot fit you in on those days, you must wait for me. You may not take my Monday or Friday where I podcast, do posts, do content work, YouTube videos, work on my book, do my blog. Those days are no longer going to be taken away from me, which is what I've been doing for months. Every time I'm overwhelmed, I slide the clients into my time. And I will keep wondering why that business isn't getting where I need it to be. So if you've got issues like this in your life, I, I strongly uh, urge you to do exactly the same thing. Identify your rocks and think outside the box like I did with this client with the payroll. I don't need to be doing his books before the 15th of the month. I just need to, when I'm paying all my other, my own, for instance, even payroll taxes, I'll just log in and pay his. And then a week later, when I have the Wednesday afternoon free, he gets slotted into that free day 
and that's how I did it. So Tuesdays and Thursdays have set clients in them. Wednesday rotates with all my part-time clients and they do not need to all be on the first two weeks of the month. And now I have room to breathe and work. So I was very excited about that. Anyways, I think that's about all I need to say for you today. Uh, so think about these things. Think about your mind chatter. Think about, you know, uh, triggers, habit breaking, giving yourself mental, physical, verbal cues. You know, stop it, stop it, stop it. Well, how, no, what did I say to that? That's not how he says it. Um, cancel, cancel, cancel. Sorry, that's what it was. These little things may be kind of funny, but you will be amazed how effective they can be because they will start you changing your mindset. So it's even a step before changing your mindset. These little things can help you make the path a little more easy to walk as you go through. And don't forget, we're coming into the Christmas holidays. Merry Christmas and God bless. And don't forget to keep the large items in the bowl first. Everything else is peripheral. Merry Christmas, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelly at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>